What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's having a great work week so far. If you don't have to work, God bless you. Uh, because sometimes it's annoying, uh, but we got to deal with it. Most of us Americans out there, a uh, crazy windstorm through eastern Pennsylvania last night. All of the stuff, and, and, I'm, and by stuff, I mean all of the things that you would typically have in a backyard, a table, some chairs, possibly a chimney or a grill. Uh, all of those things have been blown over everywhere in my yard. But before I go outside and clean up all of the mess that the Mother Nature decided to dump all over my, my street, we got a podcast and we got NFL news and we got NFL breaking news. We haven't had a breaking news podcast in a while. Uh, a lot of stuff dropped today at work. A uh, very boring day for me uh, at work today, but it was awesome seeing some cool breaking news stories drop in the NFL. And, and I had to come on in basically the normal slot of this podcast on basically uh, we try and stick to Tuesdays and Fridays, but sometimes it strays strays a little bit afar from that, but uh, it's Tuesday, and we got breaking news in the NFL. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, the, com- the combine just picked up uh, and then was gone, and I feel like that's what happens with the combine every year. Uh, but the combine is done. Uh, we'll take. A, we'll talk a little bit about that. We've got some big names with some big moves, some big signings today, uh, and some other news uh, that is a bit controversial in the sports world, uh, especially not only just the NFL, but in the sports world in general. So we're going to talk about all that today. Uh, It is the All In Man Cave podcast. I'm Cole Haight. No one else will be hosting this podcast. Uh, I will have a lot of my friends on here, but that's me. I'm the host. So let's talk about some, let's talk about some NFL football news uh, and and to be honest with you, first we're going to start with the combine. It just ended. There's something going all over the Twitter universe right now, and it's not something that it should be surprising. Yet I feel like the media kind of blows up. So every year, uh, the NFL football has a season, and, and during that season, people get injured. I feel like people see injuries in the combine. We had multiple injuries, some at the safety position in terms of prospects. Uh, trying to make a name for themselves, trying to work out well, trying to test well uh, is what the media is is using as the coined phrase in parentheses, test well. Uh, what you expected from these prospects, what you wanted to see from them in terms of their vertical, their 40-yard dash, uh, and some of the specific drills to whatever position they play. Uh, and I feel some type of way and very strongly uh, about how I feel about injuries in the combine and whether it affects the draft stock of some of these players. You have to expect the same that you expect from players in the NFL. For players that get injured in the combine, it's the same process. Regardless of how you feel about and how deeply you feel, regardless of whether or not you feel this way uh, because there's a certain prospect that fits your certain team uh, on a certain unit, whether that be a, a pass rusher, whether that be a cornerback, their draft stock needs to drop because they are injured. Uh, injury, the the how high and how hard of a level, so high, or how high of a level, I guess I should say, that you are injury prone affects your draft stock. Well, we saw this, and it's a very very touchy subject for me as a Vikings fan uh, with Mike Hughes. And Mike Hughes had two things that were a uh, bit a bit of a red flag when he was drafted out of UCF. Uh, he had issues off the field, uh, and he was injury prone. 
So if you're an injury-prone player, you're not going to get an, uh, the same grade as you're going to. I'm going to give somebody with the same on-the-field abilities as a as an injury-prone player. So if you're injury-prone, uh, you're going to get a lower grade, and if you're not injury-prone. Uh, you're going to get a higher grade. That's what it comes down to for me personally. There's a lot that goes into football. There's a lot that goes into being a professional football player. And one of those things is how often you are injured. If Jimmy Garoppolo uh, never was injured in his career, uh, he would have a different outlook than he is currently getting from people in the media, from other players. Uh, and basically his statistics, he's just not a player that is available for all games during a NFL season. He's dinged up. He misses weeks. He's had injuries. He's had the same injuries. He's had different injuries. It's just something you deal with. Saquon Barkley is another great example of this. Saquon Barkley, Lehigh Valley kid, I love him to death. I loved watching him uh, as a as a younger a younger adolescent, I guess you could say. And he destroyed high school football for for everybody. And my high school that I currently go to is pretty decent at football. And they've been pretty decent at football for, for decades, uh, for almost a century. And he, the way he was able to do stuff in high school, it was, it was amazing and immaculate to watch. It was amazing to watch. But he's injury prone. He hasn't been on the field. And if you're not on the field, you can't make an impact in the game. So the injuries in the combine, am I surprised? Absolutely not. Am I surprised that some people are still really high on players that are injury prone? Absolutely not. But at the end of the day, it needs to be in the conversation where he needs to be ranked on a board. If you, if it's the day before draft day, are you with somebody you gave similar grades to? Are you going to give? Uh, are you going to give the edge to the person who gets hurt or the person who doesn't? And that's basically what it comes down to. So the fact that people are out here gar- uh, having the arguments, uh, I had this person ranked 13th on my board, and now he's 29th. Or vice versa, and they and I feel like people don't take into consideration how often they're off the bo- off the field. They don't take into they. It needs to be in a higher consideration for some of these NFL executives, because at the end of the day, you want a cohesive unit, regardless of what unit it is on the field. Whether it be special teams, whether it be the punt unit, whether it be the whether it be the the, the two minute offense, whether it be a starting guard, whether it be a starting wide receiver, whether it be a quarterback. You want cohesiveness on your team. And if you're if a player that's going to be a bigger named player and you're going to take him at the head of the draft, whether it be your first round or your second round picks, uh, even any round pick, you want you want him to you want this player that you're drafting to make an impact. And it's a less chance of them making an impact if they can't stay on the football field. Now, we have a lot of opportunities to talk about quarterbacks. We will talk about them last because it is the most interesting day in NFL football since the Super Bowl. Uh, but let's talk about Calvin Ridley. Now, a lot of you guys have probably heard this. I think this dropped Monday uh, in the middle of the day or yesterday. It could have been yesterday. No, yesterday was Monday. <laughs> Funny for me. Uh, so I was thinking maybe Sunday night or Monday during the day. But Calvin Ridley has been officially suspended for the entire upcoming NFL season due to betting on football games. Uh, he had an account with someone. Uh, I didn't. The article I read it didn't have the information yet. Uh, I know I looked it up about two o'clock. It's right now about four, a little after four p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
but I didn't see the article in or in the article that I read. I did not see what he was using, but it was an online betting platform. They flagged him. He made multiple bets, some of them on his own football team, even though he did not participate in those football games uh, due to basically sitting out three quarters, the last three quarters of the season uh, to focus on his mental health. Now, this is I asked a lot of people so far, and this just happened. I've text, I've thrown some text messages out there. Uh, I've talked to some people face to face about the situation that I, that I talk sports to on a regular basis, and, and this is a divided subject. I've listened to podcasts. Shout out to John Middlecoff. Listen to your podcast uh, about the Calvin Ridley situation on, on the Three and Out podcast. Please listen to that if you guys love uh, talking NFL. Uh, John Middlecoff, great listen. Uh, definitely a supporter of me. Uh, and if I can do anything for what he's uh, basically provided me with uh, for the last, I don't know, year and a half, I, I can definitely give him a free ad on this pod and, and tell you all to go listen because so you should definitely go listen. But this is a clear divide. And it seems like if you take everything into consideration, uh, he did bet on his own team. Whether he was playing or not, that's a problem. And it can create a bigger problem if it's swept under the rug. And and I agree with John 100%. He, I honestly was, was thinking and brushing it off right away uh, and saying, listen, people bet on games all the time. He wasn't in the game. What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, and if you think about it in the long run, if Calvin Ridley shoots text messages to people on these teams and gets him in on this and this becomes a giant coup, I mean, honestly, I don't think that's what it was. I think he was bored and he bet on football games. That's what he did. But what could it turn into? What is that What is that situation that it turns into is now Calvin Ridley, if he's not caught, is able to basically insider trade in the NFL and if he cuts people in on it, it could turn into a giant conspiracy and kind of affect the legitimacy of the shield, of the NFL shield. So at the end of the day, yes, you can see it from both sides. I get it. I understand it. But if you just brush it under the rug and don't address the issue at hand and what it can turn into, it could destroy the legitimacy of the NFL. Now, you could call me a conspiracy theorist. You could call me, say, oh, overreaction Tuesday. Let's let's do it. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, you have to think it's possible. I overthink a lot of things. Uh, and it's not a quality in myself that I love all the time. But sometimes it comes in handy, like anything else that could be a fault with your you, your personality, or what have you. But overthinking that situation is where I come to my opinion on it. And is that there's a chance that that could ruin the NFL. And for all of you NFL fans out there of the game and enjoy watching football, do you really want somebody out there kind of potentially maybe ruining what it has and what it's done? Uh, because then players are underperforming on purpose for a, a, a big payout or any payout. And then you get to a point where the now every game you could assume may or may not be fixed. If you've seen the longest yard, Paul Crew shaving points, he didn't think it was a big deal until it was a big deal. So at the end of the day, I have to lean towards John and uh, John Middlecoff, great, great take uh, on his podcast. But uh, it, the legitimacy, you need to, you got to hit the nail uh, on the head on this one and you, you got to bury it. Uh, because if it starts to become an issue and people aren't getting caught, now now word gets out. 
And now the legitimacy of the NFL is now gone. We just reached, to hop into our next topic, we just reached the end of the, f- the franchise tag period. Uh, I believe it was today at 1 Pacific time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so 1 Pacific time was about 15 minutes ago. So we've got some players here, kind of interesting uh, for some of the players that, that got franchise tagged. And, and you're going to notice something when I read this list off. So just the, the list of impactful players that got franchise tagged, uh, just for everybody out there, if you didn't see it, uh, if you if you didn't know about it, or if these, if, even if you didn't know these players were like up for the franchise tag or even had a chance. Uh, so Jesse Bates, uh, safety of the Cincinnati Bengals, franchise tagged. Uh, He played well uh, at the end of the season last year, not really so much at the beginning of the season, uh, but made a few huge plays in the Super Bowl uh, and in the playoffs as as a whole. Uh, So great to see Jesse Bates get get the money he he definitely deserves. But then we got Mike Gusecki, uh, the tight end for the Dolphins. We've got Orlando Brown, offensive tackle for Kansas City. Uh, They need anything to make sure that Patrick Mahomes is protected. Uh, They're going to start dealing with cap problems as the years go on based on the way Patrick Mahomes and some of their other contracts are structured. Uh, So they definitely need to keep structure on that offensive line. Uh, When Mahomes is under pressure, bad things can happen, uh, even to a great quarterback like him. So Orlando Brown and him, them able to retain him on the franchise tag, it's great. And they can kind of take a look at now the options they have moving forward, if they would like to extend him, how they want to do that. Uh, But it's going to be a lot uh, for the Kansas City front office to try and keep this core together, uh, to keep Kansas City even in... Uh, the the realm of the continuing the dynasty uh, that they've kind of started already uh, in the Patrick Mahomes era, but then you got Chris Godwin and Devontae Adams, two top five in my opinion uh, PPR fantasy receivers. Uh, Chris Godwin great hands, Devontae Adams great route runner. Uh, they both don't have the same abilities, uh, but they do both deserve that money. And if you're asking me. Uh, personally, I think Devontae Adams deserves an extension. Now, uh, you can ex- do an extension after the franchise tag is applied to some of these players. Sometimes it's just like a holding card. Uh, it's here, save my seat, dude, at lunch in high school. Uh, and they put a fake tray, they put a tray with no food on it to act like somebody was sitting there. A similar situation here, you can still get an extension. And, and it's basically like a, a holding spot because they know they want you, but the, the, the entire process of creating uh, the extension and what the extension is uh, sometimes is a little bit gray Uh, so now teams have more times more time I guess to kind of take a look at what their options are in terms of an extension for some of these players as well Uh, but then two more tight ends Uh, David Njoku from the Cleveland Browns franchise tagged as well as Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys Uh, so long list uh, not really that long seven players but three out of the seven are tight ends that's pretty interesting considering I would say two out of the three for sure are are considered to me more wide receivers uh, than tight ends. So I think David Njoku, uh, pretty decent blocker, um, but Dalton Schultz and Mike Gusecki are, are players that if they're running routes, they're expecting to catch the football. And and it's it's interesting to see that teams are jumping on this probably because the tight end 
franchise tag number is way lower than the wide receiver franchise tag number. Uh, you're looking at a little over $18 million for wide receivers. You're looking at um, a little over $10 million for tight ends. So that's a huge gap, especially in a salary cap league uh, where teams are now officially hiring people just to handle the salary cap. So interesting names to, to bring out of this. A lot of these players deserve this and deserve this franchise tag. Some of them deserve more, uh, but all of them at least deserve to get paid uh, top five money for them being potentially top five or already top five in their positions. We are now going to jump uh, to the extensions that we've noticed and or the breaking news trade. So we're going to start low and get ourselves to a position to talk about the more impactful and more eye-opening uh, moves that were made today. So we're going to start with Mike Williams. Mike Williams, definitely uh, a a player that I expected to get the franchise tag. Uh, on the flip side, uh, J.C. Jackson did not get the franchise tag, uh, the star corner from the New England Patriots. He will test free agency, uh, which is interesting. Uh, the Patriots never want to keep players for longer than they absolutely need to. And this isn't surprising, taking a look at what Bill Belichick has done uh, minus last offseason, uh, what he's done in free agency or what he does to pay players to come to this team. He's more or less a fan of, of grooming these players and or getting people at a discount and selling them at a premium. Uh, so interesting to see them uh, not, free, not tag uh, free agent potential free agent J.C. Jackson, their cornerback, but I'm not that surprised. It's interesting, but I'm not that surprised. Uh, people thought he was going to maybe make some sort of change to his his philosophy uh, based on what he did last offseason. I think that was just kind of like a reset button for him uh, and kind of a little, a little out of his comfort zone. So Bill Belichick himself, uh, not surprised that he's going to let the corner uh, the corner walk or at least walk near another team and entertain offers from other teams. Um, but he did the same thing with Stephon Gilmore, I'm pretty sure. So, or a similar type situation. Um, but Mike Williams, back to Mike Williams, uh, deep threat wide receiver for the LA Chargers, loves, loves Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert loves him. Uh, Three-year, $60 million extension. Uh, $40 million of that will be guaranteed. Uh, good to see the Chargers continuing to focus on surrounding Justin Herbert and giving Justin Herbert the amount of weapons he needs. Uh, considering Brandon Staley after last year uh, clearly does not have the best grip on his defense that he thought he did. Uh, considering where they finished in the ranks, where they finished on PFF, and to the eye test as well. Um, it, it's crazy. And the fact that uh, Keenan Allen's already going to be there. Uh, I think he's going to be there for the near future. They have uh, the ability to go out and get a tight end if they need. Uh, their running back core is relatively young. Uh, they don't have the the typical run-of-the-mill type running backs, uh, but they could get the job done if they just make a few minor changes, nothing that's going to destroy the salary cap, uh, as well as their offensive line needs to improve. Uh, they do have a solid tackle they got in the draft last year, uh, and, and he's a great dude. Uh, I love his play, but the rest of the offensive line needs to be addressed. Uh, and with making Mike Williams a part of this team for the next three years, they can adjust their their the, the way they want to build their team uh, because there's a position group that's already basically filled. Uh, so they can cross that off the list and then kind of focus on where they need help, uh, which is clearly on the defensive side of the football and their offensive line. 
All right, and into the cream of the crop, Aaron Rodgers. I swear I have to go at least two minutes on every podcast I release talking about Aaron Rodgers with everything that he either releases or is surrounding him in terms of media presence. Uh, but Aaron Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. And and he announced that he was going to stay there. And then shortly after that, they announced his contract. Four years, $200 million guaranteed money. Uh, Kirk Cousins is probably so mad because he loves his guaranteed contracts. He was the first one. He loves talking about it. Uh, this is not a Kirk Cousins statement. I just love throwing that out there. Uh, listen, $50 million a year guaranteed for the next four years. I don't know if he plays all of those years, um, but right after Aaron Rodgers released this this information, uh, Devontae Adams is basically instantaneously franchise tagged. And, and listen, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money against the cap. He's doing exactly what I talk shit on for Kirk Cousins and not really caring about the team. To Aaron Rodgers, the difference between 50 and $46 million is not a big deal. Uh, money is relative. So, it, it, listen, if you make $46 million a year and you have to take a pay cut down to $43 million a year, that $3 million is nothing, especially when you're investing your money correctly. You're not being stupid with your money. Listen, I feel very strongly about this. I watch a lot of people. I watch a lot of people waste money on stupid shit. Uh, in my lifetime, uh, and I'm only 29, soon to be 30, uh, maybe not that soon, but I've watched a lot of people waste money on stuff, and, and and listen, I feel a very strong way about that, we don't have to go hardcore into it, but to help your team get closer, and, I, and you're a football player, Aaron Rodgers is a football player at the end of the day, he wants to win, uh, and if he could take a few less million to win, he should probably consider doing that. Uh, considering he's had some bounces from the playoffs that are very highly scrutinized. Uh, so if he has this opportunity, he should have taken that opportunity. I understand that he the ball was in, in, in Aaron Rodgers' court. He basically made Green Bay do what they had to do. At the end of the day, if you're going to lose a star quarterback, there's going to be a rebuilding period, and, and the Packers were not down to go through a rebuilding period. Number one, because they, they feel like they have a team that can win, and they do. Don't get me wrong. But also, they knew Jordan Love was not the answer. This is why they've been at Aaron Rodgers' coattails since he started all the drama uh, back before last season. Uh, Jordan Love is not the answer. And he's got a fifth year option, I think, that's coming up relatively soon that they're not gonna they're not gonna take. They're not gonna take him up on. Uh he had an opportunity to come out and play the Chiefs at home, I believe. No, it was actually at Arrowhead. Uh he had, a, he had an opportunity to play them at Arrowhead when Aaron Rodgers went through the immunization versus uh, versus vaccination deal. Uh you guys all remember that that garbage that came out for a while and he missed a game and what have you. Uh listen. Jordan Love hasn't been able to get the snaps that he needs because Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback. Let's be real. Let's be real and throw it at the table. Throw it on the table. Aaron Rodgers wants all the snaps. Jordan Love has gotten none of the starting snaps, and that is the reason why Jordan Love hasn't developed. Now, did did the Green Bay Packers jump the gun in drafting him? Maybe by a few years. But the Jordan Love experiment maybe got the best out of Aaron Rodgers due to the fact that he was felt possibly embarrassed 
uh, by the team drafting a quarterback in the first round uh, and then him not playing basically at all for his first three years in the league. That's an FU to the Packers from Aaron Rodgers' hand. That's what it is. That is literally what it is. And now he's the highest paid quarterback in the league right now. His contract is fully guaranteed. Uh, I believe it's the highest fully guaranteed contract in the NFL for sure. So Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay. Devontae Adams is back in Green Bay. The Vikings uh, aren't looking too good to win this division next year. I'm just saying. Depending on what happens with the team. Definitely new coaching staff. But I was, you know, rooting hardcore uh, for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams to end up in a, on an AFC team. And I was pretty sure that was actually going to happen uh, until all of the stuff with Green Bay being generous with their offers and Rodgers uh, putting out a ridiculous number and them basically not finding it ridiculous because they granted it. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a fight in the NFC North next year, um, and I'm just hoping the Vikings have a shot at winning that division. And lastly, the blockbuster trade of this official offseason. Russell Wilson will be traded. Uh, And these terms are agreed upon. I believe the only stipulation to Russell Wilson going uh, to this place, and I'll tell you in a minute, uh, is that he needs to agree on it, like as a person, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like he needs to agree on the trade uh, via he was clearly via seeking a trade, and we watched a dynamic duo kind of break up during this alter during this entire thing. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But Russell Wilson will be traded to the Denver Broncos. Now, the thing that's more interesting is I'm not really that surprised that that Russell wanted out in Seattle. It seemed like him and Pete Carroll started to go a little bit sour after all of the stuff that came out last year. Uh, in the offseason about him agreeing uh, to four possible teams if he were to ever ever be traded, that entire thing in quotation marks. But Russell Wilson seeking out the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos gave them a massive haul uh, to get Russell Wilson. And and these aren't specific in terms of what year these picks are, uh, but what I was reading at work not only an hour ago, maybe a a little over an hour ago, I haven't checked my phone since then. So the 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 years of these picks could be uh, finally uploaded to some media source. Uh, but what I saw is it's two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, Drew Locke, their former starting quarterback, Shelby Harris, uh, their star defensive tackle, or one of the stars of that defense, and Noah Fant, their tight end. So that's five picks, two of them being first-round picks. That's three players. That's two second-round picks and a fifth-round pick to acquire Russell Wilson. That's insanity. Uh, And if Russell Wilson is going for that, I would love to know what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams as a combo, if they were to possibly be traded to Las Vegas, if they possibly were to to have been traded to the Denver Broncos, what that haul would have looked like of picks and players. Because that is insanity. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not the biggest surprise that Russell Wilson wanted out. I I think the, 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 the relationship between him and Pete Carroll was basically the end. I think the Seattle Seahawks started to lose faith in him, and he started to feel it. So I think he wanted to make a move. He knew he still had value. So he knew that he could get value somewhere else. But where would he want to go? 
He's mentioned Chicago. He's mentioned the New York Giants. But does Russell Wilson really want to play for a team that's basically a developing team depending on what happens with the moves that were made this offseason or possibly the team that will surround him in the upcoming season? So at the end of the day, I think the Broncos is a, are a very good fit for Russell Wilson. Nathaniel Hackett's there. They have weapons on the offensive side of the football. They have weapons on the defensive side of the football. Russell Wilson makes that team so much better. And honestly, the picks are outrageous. This is great news. Like in terms of anybody who wanted him out of the NFC West, you won. Uh, because not only did he leave the NFC West, but he left the, the conference and went to the AFC. But let's talk about the starting quarterbacks for the for the AFC for the AFC now. The division he just entered. The Kansas City Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. The Broncos now have Russell Wilson. The Chargers have uh Herbert, Justin Herbert. And the Oakland Raiders with the worst quarterback in the division based on eye test is Derek Carr. That's insanity. Chiefs fans, Chargers fans, and Raiders fans just took a step back today and realized that their division is now the best division in the league. Whether it was last year or not, as a as a, a combined effort between all four teams all season, they were up there, probably top two, top three max. But listen, this is insanity. The AFC West is the best division in football now based on just the quarterbacks that are in their division. Now, don't get me wrong. Derek Carr could still possibly be on the move. I don't expect him to be on the move. I really don't. I think Josh McDaniels wants to see him, their new head coach, uh, that they just acquired, uh, former offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. I think that Josh McDaniels wants to see what he has with Derek Carr. If he doesn't like what he sees, he's going to be the number one target next year. If it's not Kirk Cousins, uh, which blows my absolute mind in Minnesota, if they are, go with them this year and see what they have with Kirk. But those two players, if they don't leave their respective teams this year, will be the next two players moved. Now, are they a bit the biggest, Im- the, the best and biggest impact players? Absolutely not. Compared to Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, if they both would have made changes on the same day, that would have been insanity in the NFL. Probably would have been up there for like top 10 ever days of NFL news in the history of the NFL. It, it, it's absolutely insane to think about. But at the end of the day, Russell Wilson, he needed a change. And, and I think that at the end of the day, Pete Carroll, hot take, Pete Carroll might end up retiring. Uh, because now their best quarterback is Drew Locke. Yes, they got Noah Fant. Yes, they got Shelby Harris. But that defense has a lot of holes in Seattle. Their offense now doesn't have a, a top five, top seven quarterback. And now they have Drew Locke. <laughs> like what? I, 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 it's It's stunning to me. That they would get, so I get the picks. I understand that they can build something. But the Seattle Seahawks are in complete rebuild. And that's something that NFL teams are trying to avoid uh, from now, two years ago, previous, and also in the future. If you don't have to rebuild, why would you? If you have, if you could avoid a season where you go four and thirteen, why wouldn't you take that offer? The question is, what are you willing to risk to do that? 
And what happens if it doesn't work? So Russell Wilson, have fun in, in Denver. We'll see what happens. Uh, they didn't give up a lot of their wide receiver weapons or running back weapons that I thought would have to be in this trade for it to happen. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a long uphill battle for Seattle to rebuild basically their entire team. And the Denver Broncos being pretty much run-of-the-mill last year. Vic Fangio didn't do a terrible job. He was a pretty decent, their defense played well. Their offense played okay. They had bad quarterback play. But they made a big impact and didn't really lose all of that much. Now, if they're not able to make huge strides year one, the first thing everybody's going to talk about in the sports media world is going to be, was it worth what they gave up? And are they able to recover? And that's what the, the, the Rams have, have been doing and, and hearing from the media, as well as other teams that have given up multiple amounts of draft picks for players that didn't work out. But I think this is a win for the Broncos, and I think Seattle loses. And I think they lose Pete Carroll before the season starts. I think Pete either tr- tries to go to another team, goes to college, or more, more realistically retires. And, and that's, that's the truth. All right, guys, huge day in the NFL today. Awesome. Uh, long conversation with Tyler Martinez. Been on the podcast multiple times. You guys know my my buddy Ty. Uh, they just banned the shift uh, in the MLB, and he was absolutely livid. I know you guys out there, uh, it doesn't seem like he's very livid often, especially when you've listened to him on this podcast, but he is absolutely livid. Uh, and I'm going to take my opportunity opportunity right now uh, to call out Joey Gallo and tell him to figure it out. Uh, Joey Gallo's tweets real quick. Uh, Joey Gallo uh, is tweeting about uh, how happy he is that the shift is now banned uh, because now he's a- actually able to hit doubles and triples. Uh, but if you guys look on the internet for the meme of how people shift for Joey Gallo, uh, everybody should tweet at him right now, telling him to be able to hit it to the opposite field or be able to bunt, uh, and he would have batted 800 all year. Or he could have finally hit the way he wanted to because they re- realized that he hit, could hit to the opposite field and bunt, and then he would be able to get exactly what he wanted instead of a banned way to set up your players in America's pastime, which is football, or sorry, which is baseball. It's unbelievable to me how ballsy and ridiculous Joey Gallo sounds with all these tweets he's coming out with, with everything he's saying. Dude, figure it out. You're getting paid multiple millions of dollars to play the game you love to play, and people are asking you to hit it in play to another side of the field, and you're saying that it's unfair and the rule is now changed to make it easier for you. Congratulations. Consider yourself coddled. It's unbelievable to think about. It's unbelievable to think about these players that are getting paid multiple millions of dollars complaining via the internet about the way teams are playing them to try and get them out because they've been figured out. Sorry, Joey Gallo. People figured out that all you do is pull the ball, so you should probably consider not doing it or bunting to where the defenders aren't. It's not a very hard concept, to be quite honest with you. So, uh, please, all the Joey Gallo fans out there, I encourage the backlash, but that is absolutely redonkulous. And any non-biased fan of a sport, and I am basically a non-biased fan of baseball because I don't watch it that often, and I don't have favorites, and I'm not playing favoritism. 
But Joey Gallo, for him to come out and say that the game needs to change a rule because he can't succeed is absolutely ridiculous. All golfers out there, why don't you just make the hole 15 times bigger and then give somebody your scorecard? Like, figure it out, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But Tyler, I had to come on here and talk about how angry Tyler Martinez was about this happening. Uh, Sending me tweets of exactly what he said. It was absolutely hilarious. Thank you, Ty, for last night uh, and those text threads because that, that shit made my night. Uh, because I could not agree with you even even more than I already do. All right, guys, that'll end this podcast. I appreciate everybody listening out there. Thank you so much. Uh, you have no idea how much it means to me. Please check the feed. If you missed any episodes, please go back and listen. Uh, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family, anybody who would enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much. Remember, podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, I uh, sorry, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms that podcasts are found, as well as follow me on Twitter, at AllInManCavePod, as well as shoot me a message on Facebook or add me as a friend, uh, Cole Haight, C-O-L-E-H-A-Y, D as in dog, T as in Tom. I will be back by the end of the week. Hopefully on Friday is what I'm shooting for. Um, we'll do some updates. Uh, I got some stuff in the works in terms of getting some other people on this podcast, some 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 newer guests, uh, as well as some older guests returning. Uh, because you know I'm going to bring Tim and, and Tyler back to talk some baseball. I've got possibilities out there for the NBA world as well as possibly the international soccer world. Uh, so we're, we're definitely going to get some more people on the podcast, uh, get some new content, get some different content for you guys as well. Uh, so take a look on my statuses, add me on Twitter, see what I'm doing, add me on Facebook, see what I'm doing, check the feed if you possibly could miss an episode, but I appreciate you guys all listening and I appreciate everyone who's been listening with me, not only for just from the beginning, but also as a first-time listener. So I will talk to you guys soon. But like, as I always say, later.